Okay. Uh, since you, uh, you say your name, uh, Isha? Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah. Okay. Isaiah. Uh, Ashia, the, you, you've been listening to some of the videos already, so that means that we can sort of skip forward just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so where we can skip forward to is actually right into the Eightfold Noble Method. Mm -hmm. And start looking at at it that way because you've already started some practice. So the very first and most important skill is sati. Mm -hmm. Wake up to literally to be here in the present moment is what that means. Mm -hmm. Now, you can be sitting and studying mm -hmm. and somebody can walk in the room and say they want to sharpen their pencil. Do you have a pencil sharpener? Okay. Mm -hmm. That at that point, you have to come out of whatever you were doing before, reading a book, studying, uh, worrying about the past or the future or whatever, and everybody comes into the here now quite mm -hmm. often. There's yeah. all kinds of triggers and things like that. But coming into the present is not enough. Mm -hmm. That in fact, there's a, a strong coming into presence and then a weak coming into the present moment. And mm -hmm. most of us do it kind of absent-mindedly. Like you would say uh, to the guy who was looking for the pencil sharpener, oh, it's over there. And mm -hmm. that's all the attention you pay to it. And then you go right back to whatever you were doing before. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you were completely mindful in that case, that you would stand up, walk over to the pencil sharpener and say, hand me the pencil and I'll sharpen it for you. That's yeah. when you're really awake. Mm-hmm. So this is the first point is, is that there's a weak coming into the present moment and a strong coming into the present moment. Developing mm -hmm. it as a skill so that when you do wake up and come into the present moment, you really come into the present moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we start paying attention then to that coming into the present moment with gusto. Mm -hmm. We come into the present moment as if you were uh, waking up after a very, very long sleep and you're very happy to be alive. Yeah. Because in fact, having thoughts about the, the past, having thoughts about school that's going to give you anxiety, that's kind of a death. Mm -hmm. And when you wake up into the fully present moment, that's like becoming alive. Mm -hmm. And so we need to really, really wake up so that we can then do the investigation that we need to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so those are two points on the Eightfold Noble Path or the Eightfold Noble Method that is common in most meditations, but they don't make a point of how important it is to really fully wake up. To really yeah. come into the present moment rather than sort of doing it slapdash like the example of the guy wanting the pencil sharpener. Mm -hmm. Or another example of that is, is the student who is sitting there doing his homework, let us say, writing some code mm -hmm. on his laptop in his bedroom. His dad comes into the room, maybe opens the door and comes right in and says good night to his son. But mm -hmm. his son is so absorbed in the code that he doesn't pay any attention to his dad at all. Yeah. Right. He does not wake up to the fact that his dad is there to give him some love. And so he does not return that love and that ticks the dad off. Yeah. Because he does not get the response from his son that he actually deserves. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the son did not wake up into the reality of the moment. Yes. He's still caught in his mental state about writing code that hasn't even run on the computer yet, or he's debugging something or whatever like that, but he's not in a real world right now. He's in mm -hmm. his thought world. He and just the computer. Right? Yeah, and I actually had a situation like that. Paying so. attention. Mm -hmm. All right. This is also the reason why automobile accidents are so high is because people are not actually paying attention to their driving that when we first learn how to drive, we pay close attention to it because we got to learn how to manipulate everything. But then 
after we learn how to operate the clutch and the gas and the steering wheel and the brakes and all of that kind of stuff, then we kind of put it into memory and operate the car on automatic pilot. Mm-hmm. A really, really good driver is going to be paying attention to the road. Yeah. And in fact, one of the jokes that I know about is is that very, very wealthy people who have a chauffeur, they want a particular kind of person who ha- for being their chauffeur. You know what they want? They want no. race car drivers. Mm. Why do they want race car drivers? Because if a race car driver has raced enough and then retired and survived being a race car driver, that means he knows how to pay attention to the road. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when you're racing, you really got to pay attention. If you don't, you're going to die. Yeah. And so there are various skills that we can learn that's going to help us to wake up to be in the present moment. And those skills then can be very, very useful for people who practice meditation. Mm-hmm. Martial arts is a good one. Why? Because if you're thinking about Aunt Susie while you're in a match, you're going to get your face busted. Mm-hmm. But if you're right there for it, you're watching what's going on, then you can counter with anything that goes because you're there in that present moment. Yeah. And this has to be stressed because most people don't get the concept. Yeah, I'm in the present moment because I'm listening to what's happening, but then they're not because they're back and forth. And what we need to learn is to keep coming back Mm -hmm. because the the habits are that you're going to go back into the past. And so you have to keep coming back intentionally, coming back to the present moment to see what things are going on, which Mm -hmm. is the second item on the Eightfold Noble Path, to really take a look at what's Mm -hmm. happening. And that means that we need to use all six senses. But in fact, you could kind of take an inventory. Mm -hmm. Uh, how's my breathing how's my anxiety how is my depression Mm -hmm. how is my thoughts what am I thinking about can I think better thoughts than this so now we're beginning can I think better thoughts than this or can I make the body more comfortable yeah that if wake up and check out the body we'll find out well maybe the left hip is sore in the chair because we've been sitting so long. So all I need to do then is rearrange so that I can get comfortable again. Mm -hmm. This is the quality is, is that we're looking for comfort. Yeah. And if you cannot gain comfort, we need to look at what's the reason why we can't be comfortable. And one of the main things in Western society is, is that we've got something to do. Mm-hmm. And, and the bottom line of it is, is that th- there is something to be afraid of. Yeah. So we are resistant to writing an email that we know that we have to write, but we don't want to write it. Mm-hmm. And now we're in a state of struggle because I've got afraid if I don't write that email, something bad's going to happen, but I don't really want to write it anyway. Okay, and so when that kind of stuff happens over and over again, that's what anxiety actually is, is fear. Mm -hmm. And depression is trying to get rid of that fear. In other words, let's turn this machine off because it's running too fast. Yeah. (laughs) That's why depression and anxiety, they've actually found that they're the same thing. It's the same mechanism. Mm -hmm. That everybody is depressed also has anxiety. And anybody who has anxiety also has depression. They're, they look differently clinically, but it's the same mechanisms inside the mind. Yeah. Okay. And the, the mechanisms inside the mind means that we are thinking unwholesome thoughts that make us afraid, brings mm-hmm. up fear, brings up adrenaline, brings up anxiety, brings up all of this stuff. And many people have those things on a regular basis, but they don't know it. Mm -hmm. Only when you go to the doctor and complain about this, that, and the other thing is when you're going to get diagnosed. Yes. And then then sold some pills. Mm -hmm. But basically, the, the, the right cure 
for depression and anxiety is wake up and take a look at what you're doing and stop doing that. Mm-hmm. That's the right effort again, to wake up and take a look and then make a change. The right noble effort is to mm-hmm. make a change out of the unwholesome into the wholesome. Yes. So this is what has to be practiced over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so then the students will say, well, I don't even know what the difference is between wholesome and unwholesome. And the correct answer to that is, is it's a skill to be developed. Mm-hmm. That uh, you can ask somebody, do you like jazz or do you like classical music? Well, if he's skilled in classical music, then he'll like that more. But if he's skilled yeah. in jazz, then he'll like that more. Mm-hmm. And how it's skilled in in that kind of music or the other is because we pay attention to it and listen to it. Yeah, we know what to look for, too. And we know what to look for. Right. So in this understanding of what is unwholesome and wholesome, it goes into three groups. Things that are absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt are unwholesome. Mm hmm. And when I recommend or when I mention some of these, you'll say, yeah, that's for sure unwholesome. You'll agree with me, but you haven't really looked at it before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there are things that are absolutely wholesome. Without a doubt, we know that those things are wholesome, but we don't think of it in the sense of, oh, well, I should stop having unwholesome thoughts and start having wholesome thoughts. Yeah. And then the third category is the big one. And that is the something that's in between. But the beginner thinks that it's wholesome when in fact it's not wholesome. And so mm-hmm. uh, as we build our skills of discrimination, we begin to see more and more those things that I thought were okay or un- are wholesome now are not wholesome. I can see they're not wholesome. And so I'll put those on the list of unwholesome items that I will start to see and then change. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's look at some of the thoughts that would be downright unwholesome. The one that I put at the top of the list because it's so common. A lot of people don't understand this because they think that, oh, I don't do that very much, when in fact we do it on probably 100 times an hour. And that Mm -hmm. is take revenge. We have thoughts of revenge. We see something wrong, we don't like it, and we want to fix it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that guy hurt me, therefore I've got to go hurt him to get even. Yeah. So, or uh, it can be done with a laptop or with a book or anything like that. But when we don't like something, then we want to fix it. Mm-hmm. In a way, that's taking revenge. For instance, if, uh, let us say, that whoever it is that offended you, they don't want you to fix them. So if you come to try to fix them, then they will see that they don't like you trying to fix them. And so they will go into revenge for you. Mm-hmm. And then you go back into revenge for them. And so yeah. you get into this pattern of revenge saying that there's something wrong with him or he offended me or I don't like this or whatever like that. And now we've got a job to do. The taking mm-hmm. of the revenge. To make to set things right, to get our justice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, in fact, uh, uh, that when a family has someone who, in their family who is murdered, everyone in that family wants big, big punishment for the killer. Yeah. Right. They want big punishment. Okay. Just caught. That's not enough. Then, in fact, his whole lifetime in prison is not enough. We want to kill him. Because he mm. killed my family member, right? These yeah. are all to revenge. Uh, but very occasionally, you'll find some family that will forgive the offender. It's okay that you killed my brother. Mm-hmm. I can handle that. I don't have to take revenge upon you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anytime that we have thoughts of pain, thoughts of cruelty, thoughts of revenge, Thoughts of uh, mm-hmm. taking something, doing something wrong, uh, robbing someone, doing something to gain an advantage. All of those are unwholesome thoughts. Mm-hmm. So 
our wholesome thoughts in. The wholesome thoughts would be everything is okay. There's no problems. No worries, friend. Mm-hmm. Got this wired. Everything is all right. Uh-huh. My bad. <laughs> Just uh Okay. So having thoughts about this present moment rather than thoughts about the past. Anytime that you're thinking about the past, more than likely you're thinking about something that's broken that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to put all of those kind of thoughts into uh, the category of they're unwholesome, at least for the time of sitting. Let us say that we're talking about a meditation session or just sitting for a little while. Mm -hmm. That's the time to absolutely have wholesome thoughts. Mm-hmm. That everything is okay. I can smell the air. I can smell and feel the moisture in the air. Mm-hmm. Feel the wind and the touch. And so we come into the present moment, which means come into all of our senses. The mind door we've just talked about. What kind of thoughts are we having? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but also the body. In the sense of what are the eyes doing? Are the eyes looking or are the eyes just sort of not in gear? The motor's running, but you're not going anywhere with the eyes. You're not actually looking. So we can actually then put the eye door in service and look around and see what's around us. We can also begin to listen to what is sounds around. That in fact, if you are doing something, uh, whatever, and all of a sudden you hear a really, really loud noise, like maybe a gun goes off or a tree falls or lightning and and thunder, anything like that. When we hear a noise, we almost always come into the present moment. Yeah. Because we listen to it, okay? But if we do it uh, instinctively, then we will have a uh, reaction to it. We can call it a startle reaction. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? But if we're listening already and then we hear the loud noise, then we're unlikely to be startled by it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This, so in a way, what we're doing is is that we're figuring out how to not get startled because we're already in the present moment. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. We're thinking wholesome thoughts and the wholesome thoughts that we're thinking have to do with what's happening right here in present moment. Yeah, so if there's already doing, what is the nose doing? What Mm -hmm. is the breathing like? What do I hear? Um, What's going on inside the mouth? That's especially true when we're eating, is to pay attention to what's going on inside the mouth as we chew and roll the food around and things like this. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, basically, the process that we're talking about is coming into reality, which means coming into our present senses in this moment. Mm-hmm. Not remembering what we saw last week, but using the eyes to see right now. That's what the real practice is all about, and taking the effort to come into the present moment and to see yeah. what's going on. And then make some changes. One change that we could make is is that normally when we're settled, we're not breathing very well. Especially meditators will get drowsy when they're sitting a long time because they're not breathing well. And so we have to make sure that we're breathing. Well, we call this, by the way, Anapanasati, mindfully mm-hmm. breathing well. <clears throat> mindfully we breathe in long. Or we're paying mm-hmm. attention to it is what I mean by mindfully or sati. So yeah. this sati, we're taking a deep, long breath. And we can also talk to ourselves about that deep, long breath. Wow, that's a really nice, deep, long breath. Wow, I really enjoy that. Wow, this mm-hmm. breath is keeping me alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we begin then to have wholesome thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's the process that we're going through. And the more skills you gain, because the more often you practice, the more discrimination you'll have about is this thought worth having or not. In fact, we could say it this way, that any thought that you could have 
any thought possible you could have, most likely that thought could be improved. Yeah. If you're thinking bad things about your dad, you can improve that to think happy thoughts about your dad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, there's one possibility I would say is, is that it's possible to wake up and recognize that the thoughts that you were having were absolutely wholesome. Mm -hmm. What happens? What do we do then? Hey, congratulations. That was a wholesome thought. Yeah. Okay. So we're looking at, in fact, the waking up taking a look, making the effort that it takes to make a change. And then after we make that change over and over and over and over again, we begin to gain the confidence that we could do this. Mm -hmm. And that's where the fourth element comes in, that confidence that you're no longer a victim, as you were saying, about to, your, to the anxiety. Now you become the boss of that depression and anxiety. Yeah. You're the man here and how do you deal with anxiety well let me ask you this question how do you know that you have anxiety you say you uh, got it how do you know you've got it uh normally if i'm lucky i catch the thought like worrying when i don't have to when there's not a need to um it's no, not anxiety yet yeah but when it is anxiety it's normally like the stomach starts to turn i feel sick to my stomach like i'm about to puke my muscles are all tense. My heart's beating really quick. I'm like shaking. <laughs> and um, okay, well, that's pretty heavy duty. Yeah. So one was before it happened, and then all of a sudden you're in heavy duty. Mm -hmm. But when you're sitting there, that in fact, and it starts to arise, it normally can be experienced in the chest and in, you don't have to get the whole body tensed up with all of that uh, adrenaline, that you can in fact begin to notice it. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to notice it, now the thing to do is, well, let's see if we can change it. Let's see if we can modify it. Let's see if we can change it with our breath. Can I make the anxiety bigger when I breathe in and then smaller when I breathe out? Can I actually just breathe out that anxiety, just breathing in and breathing out and kind of letting it go? Because uh, breathing is a purification process, taking in new oxygen, and, and throwing out old carbon dioxide. So yeah. if we're doing it in a mediocre kind of way, then that means in a, in a mediocre way, we're taking oxygen. And in a mediocre way, we're throwing the, uh, the poisons out. But if we really think about it and practice it with long, deep breathing, that means that we're taking a lot of good oxygen in, oxygenating the body, making it vibrantly alive, and then on the out breath, we relax and throwing out all the old carbon dioxide and other amino acids that accumulate in the, in the blood. And we breathe that stuff out. Mm -hmm. Then in fact, if you have a good breathing system going, then you take a lot of pressure off the kidneys and the liver. That if we're ordinary breathing the way most ordinary people do, then that puts a whole lot of extra weight on the kidneys and the liver to do the cleaning process that should be done in the lungs. Yeah. And so if somebody's got kidney troubles or liver problems like that, the best solution for them is to take a break, not work those organs so much by using the breathing instead. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because Whatever anxiety that you do have that you were talking about, that doesn't stay all the time. No. It has to go someplace. Mm -hmm. Where does it go? For most people, it goes into the kidneys and the liver for processing. Yeah. <clears throat> but what we're going to do is start breathing it out right away. Mm -hmm. See if you can control that anxiety. Because before you thought that it was controlling you, that you were a victim to your feelings. Now yeah. you can start to control those feelings mm -hmm. through the breathing and through the thoughts. Oh, there's anxiety. I don't have to feel anxious. I can throw those kind of anxiety-producing thoughts out. Yeah. And come back to this present moment with some joy. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm glad I caught that anxiety. What a relief it is to know it's there before it gets big and takes over. Yeah. Because so right now is good. <laughs> Pardon? 
I was like, because cause right now is good. There's no need to be in the moment. As long as there's nothing dangerous, it's fine. Yeah, and things right now are not dangerous. Mm-hmm. But if we get in the habit of thinking that we're being chased or that we've got work to do or somebody's looking over our shoulder, if we have those kind of thoughts, then we're going to have that anxiety produced. Mm-hmm. But if we have the feeling there's nobody here monitoring me and I've got plenty of time there's nothing important, mm-hmm. then I can just relax. Yeah. And in fact, there is nothing important, much. Here's a way of looking yeah. at it. Suppose you were dead. Now, whatever it is that's important, is it still important to you after you're dead? No. Not likely. So in fact, then, the only really important thing is to stay alive. To be mm-hmm. alive. Congratulations, yeah. you're still alive. Yeah. All of the anxiety and all the depression and all the bad thoughts and all the bad deeds that you've ever done are of no consequence because you're still alive. You're still here. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of forget about the past because it's not really important. It's got no effect. What's yeah. affecting us is this present moment. Mm-hmm. And it's the thoughts that we're having now that cause the depression and therefore the or the anxiety and therefore the depression. So if being alive is that important, then staying alive is all there is to do. Yeah. <clears throat> now one thing about it <clears throat> that most people don't like it when I hear that when they hear me say this, but you're gonna die. Yeah. Absolutely, without a doubt, no question about it. Medical science is nowhere near doing any magic. Yep. There's nobody being raised from the grave. People don't come out of the cross, off the cross, and walk around. There are no mm-hmm. dead men walking. You're gonna die. That's for sure. Guess what? It's even worse than that. You're gonna die within three to five minutes from now. If you don't take this next breath, in fact, the breath is what's going to keep you alive. Now, you can go without yeah. food for yeah. 30 days. You can go without sex for years. You can go mm-hmm. out without sleep for 80 or 90 hours. But you yeah. can't go without yeah. air for three or four minutes. You've got to breathe. Okay, yeah. if that's the case, then we can begin to understand in this context that breath itself is important. Because mm-hmm. without the breath, you're going to die. And then whatever else you thought was important is not important. Nope. So keeping mm. your breath going. Well, if it's that important, then why do we pay attention to it? We thought that uh, Aunt Susie and the arguments that we were having with Aunt Susie were important. But it's not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why should we be thinking about an old argument that we had with Aunt Susie when the important thing is is to take a deep breath and enjoy the fact that you're still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when you hold your breath, it does cause anxiety. Like the, oh, if you, like, I've held my breath under the pool and, and it does produce the same feeling of the, the tenseness of like panic. Oh, exactly. panic yeah. But when you're well aired, when you're breathing well, then the anxiety is, well, even if you're having a few thoughts of anxiety, the anxiety is not going to stay in the blood because we're using the the breathing Mm -hmm. to distribute uh, and exhale all of those things, as well as paying attention to where the anxiety is. Now, most people will feel it either right there in the solar plexus, right here. Uh, below the tit line or right about the tit line and the other people will feel it as a sinking feeling in the stomach or an empty feeling. Sadness is often in the stomach to where anxiety is generally a little higher up, which is where the blood is collected. There's a huge amount of blood with all of those organs around and the heart and the lungs and everything. There's a Mm -hmm. huge pool of blood in the center part of our body. And so when we start paying attention to that pool of blood area and start purifying it, you can recognize that you can take a lot of the pressure off. You can throw all of that amino acids and all of the 
anxiety producing drugs like uh, adrenaline and cortisol. Mm -hmm. Just throw that stuff out. Now, why do we have that? And why does the body go through those chemical reactions? Because they were evolutionary beneficial at one point. Right. They were evolutionary beneficial at one point that uh, that we needed to be on our toes because otherwise we're going to be eaten. Yeah. <laughs> OK. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, that that adrenaline gets us ready then for the danger. Mm -hmm. OK. And so there's a sequence. And that is, is that freezing uh, or stop breathing and just freeze is natural, especially when you see a gorilla or a rhino off at a distance, or if you see a snake on the grass, you'll freeze, you'll stop. Yeah. But then the adrenaline kicks in, and now it has two things to do, either fight or flight. You're either going to run away, or you're going to get into a fight or survival. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's put it to the uh, present moment situation. And there the guy is sitting behind his desk in the office, and he looks up and he sees the boss coming down the hall. Yeah. And he has that same reaction that we had 120,000 years ago to the rhino, except mm -hmm. that we're not about to fight the boss, nor are we about to get up and let him see us running away from him. But we still have all of these bodily chemicals for that fight or flight. Yeah. It's, it, it's sort of like, uh, what are you going to do with all of this new energy that the body has produced getting ready for something really big? And there was never anything really big anyway, because all we do, all we did was saw the boss coming down the hall. Mm -hmm. Why did that fear turn into terror? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're supposed to be afraid of the bosses. Our whole yeah. society is built on being afraid of the boss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got to do what you're told to do, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Okay, so that's part of the society imprinting. That it's not actually a rhino coming down the hall. It's just another boss, another person, and he's not going to harm you. Why do we feel like we're in great danger? It's because of those old bad habits that we have that are instinctual, but they've been programmed the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So we need to reprogram. And what is the program? There is no danger. The mm -hmm. boss is my friend. I'm glad yes. to see him walking down the hall. He's not dangerous. Okay, mm -hmm. so these would be wholesome thoughts. Yeah. The unwholesome thoughts would be, oh no, he's coming. Mm -hmm. And the wholesome thought would be, oh, he's coming. Yeah. Same words, but mm -hmm. one's unwholesome and the other one is wholesome. One is producive to friendship and the other one is producive of competition. Dangerous. Yes. And mm -hmm. so we actually need to intentionally practice having the kind of thoughts that are wholesome, happy, nurturing, nurturing thoughts. Well, I say the word nurturing because most of the time our thoughts are not nurturing at all. They're critical. Yeah. They're critical in the sense of comparison, judgment. This is good. This is bad. This is better. This is worse. Okay, and that whole mechanism of comparing things means that at least part of it is going to be unwholesome because you're comparing that to wholesome and it's not up to scratch. Yeah, so and if it's not good, if I, good enough, you're not happy or satisfied. Right, okay, and so we need to change that critical mind of comparing things into nurturing mind where everything is already okay. Mm -hmm. So we practice then one of the wholesome ways of thinking is to nurture yourself. Everything is all right. Wow, I feel good right now. Wow, there's got no nothing to do and no place to go. And wow, I'm just satisfied. Okay, these are all the kind of nurturing wholesome thoughts that we have that are useful mm -hmm. and are conducive to 
us feeling like we're the champion. Mm-hmm. So the kind of thoughts that we want to have would be, there is nothing dangerous here. I am safe. There is no boogeyman. There are no cops. There are no mommies. There are no uh, bosses coming down the hall. And I can. there's no alligators on the floor. Yeah. There's nothing, no problem. And so we mm-hmm. need to talk to ourselves about that to reassure ourselves, because if we don't, then those old habit patterns of things are dangerous will keep coming back. You see, things are really dangerous for a little child. Yeah. Baby is dependent. And if it's not nurtured, it will die. But by the yep. time we're four to six years old, especially by the age of six, because that's when we're put into school. Now we've got to perform. Now we're no longer the baby that's being nurtured and cared for and played with. Now we're, ta- we're mommy's little helper that have to go and do what we're told to do. Clean your room. Mm-hmm. Close the door. Do your yeah. homework. Shut mm-hmm. up. Go away. Okay, yeah. and all of these rules keep coming in from all the adults around us, but we as little children don't have the discrimination. So we just take in everything, wholesome or not. Yeah. And then later, we tend to make rules out of all of that stuff, all of that imprinting and all that stuff that we picked up. We decide what's right, what's wrong. And then we set up a set of standards or rules. Mm -hmm. Now we have to follow our own rules. And most of the rules we set up, you can't do. They're more like goals than they are rules. Yeah. So we're constantly in a state of failure because we don't match up to our own rules, which are being critical. So we're critical of ourselves. We're judgmental to ourselves. We need to catch those kind of thoughts also, change them from critical thinking into nurturing thinking. Oh, everything is all right. Oh, what a cute baby you are. Mm hmm. Are you just so cute and cuddly? Let me give you a hug. You know, that's the kind of thoughts that we want to engender for ourselves so that we can come out of that anxiety that was produced by the critical thinking and become relaxed and free from anxiety because we feel nurtured and cared for. We feel like a winner, in fact. Yeah. And so the kind of thoughts that we want to have is feeling safe, secure, comfortable, and then satisfied. You can't feel satisfied if you're not comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yet a lot of meditation teachers teach the students to sit for a long time and become uncomfortable. They want you to be uncomfortable. I don't know why, but they want you to become uncomfortable, but you can't have a good session when you're uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable. Yeah. Because if we're uncomfortable, we don't like it. We're dissatisfied. That's what we mean by uncomfortable. It's not satisfactory. Yeah. But if we have thoughts of safe, secure, and comfortable, then we can have thoughts of satisfaction. The thoughts of everything is okay. Everything is fine. Let me take a look at the body. Yeah, it's still comfortable. No, wait a minute. That butt hurts again. And readjust the furniture. Okay, that kind of thing. Set up straight. Mm. Let's not have any tensions in our back or whatever. So we're actually going to look at the body, to scan the body, to find out where in the body there is discomfort. Where in the body is there any tension? But if, in fact, if the neck is tense, you can give the neck a massage a bit. You roll yeah. around your head. Get comfortable. Because if you can get yourself into the state of feeling safe, secure, and comfortable, then you can become satisfied. And that's an important point. Mm-hmm. Okay, that safe, secure, comfortable, and satisfied is actually the definition of the Pali word sukha. And sukha is exactly opposite of the word dukkha. Being yeah. dissatisfied, right? Being mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Being afraid, being insecure, so insecure, uncomfortable, and dissatisfied is the state that most people are in most of the time because they talk themselves into it since childhood. 
Yeah. Now we're going to intentionally spend the time with our right effort and our strong awakening and our investigation to have feelings and thoughts of comfort, security, mm -hmm. safety, and satisfaction. Now, the Buddha talks about it like this, that those three elements, the uh, waking up, taking a look, and making a change, begin to run around each other, supporting each other, building up each other as a skill. Mm -hmm. So, if, if you uh, have a strong sati and really wake up and really see what's going on, then making a change to it is easy. But if our sati is weak and our investigation is weak, then it's going to take a lot of effort to make a change. Yeah. Okay. So one of the examples that I use is uh, an adult pushing a child in a swing. You know, a swing where they get on yeah. and sit down the chains like that. Yeah, right? go back. Okay. So the adult pushes the swing that's sitting at rest because of gravity where the child gets on the swing, but that first push is hard. Mm -hmm. Just like in, in our practice of Anapanasati, we can call it meditation. At the beginning, it takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. Get started. But once the child is swinging, now the adult can stand back and only push when the swing is right in front of them. When the swing is here now, I can push a little bit and keep it going. If I stop pushing, then the swing will stop and I'll have to take a lot of work to push it. But if I can keep it going, so this is the way that we think about it. Yeah, it's going to take some effort to get the thing going, but once it gets going, it has some uh, inner, uh, it's got uh, momentum built up. Yeah. So. The, the amount of effort is not quite so strong. Mm -hmm. But these three things run and circle around each other so that our, our awakening and our investigation are getting stronger doesn't take quite so much effort anymore. Yeah. So once we get the swing moving, once we've got uh, a flow going, now we can begin to say, yeah, I can't do this. I can push that swing off and get it going, and I can and keep keeps... pushing. It. I can keep going, and regain this confidence. Mm -hmm. That confidence is uh, in the Eightfold Noble Path. is called Sama Sankapa. Mm. The Sama Sankapa, the fourth item on it, is the right attitude. We all come to life born as a victim. We need the nourishment because otherwise we'll die. We can't take care of ourselves. We can't eat. We can't uh, change our own diaper. We can't walk. can't do anything. We're completely dependent or completely a victim. But as the child grows up, now that victimhood is really deeply imprinted because now he's being ordered around and he can't do what he wants to do. I have to stop playing with my toys and go do my homework. Oh, poor me. Yeah. Yeah. And so we keep that act attitude of being a victim. And look at how many things we're victimized by. We're victimized by the governments. Whatever country you're in, you're a victim of that government. Yeah. Religions. Yeah. We're all victimized by, by religions. Christianity, the example is, is that you can't do it on your own. You need a Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a plastic Jesus on the dashboard of your truck, you're going to crash your car into a tree. Yeah. That's just how it is. That's what they teach, okay? You have to have Jesus. You have to take Jesus as your Savior in order to be saved. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. Is that what they teach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you're a victim of God. Mm -hmm. You're a victim of government. Yeah. Another one, a really new one now. This has not been, uh, the old ones have been there for quite a long time, but there's a new kid on the block. It's called Big Business. And yeah. boy, are we <laughs> victimized by big business. Oh, you have to buy my car in order to get that girl. Yep. Yep. Okay, so that's the way that it works. We have to go buy those products in order to feel good. We can't just feel good on our own. What yeah. we see, we have to buy. Yeah, and those structures don't allow you to feel satisfied, so you keep coming back. Uh -huh. you, they want you to keep coming back because you continue, even though if you bought it one time, if you buy one box of Kleenex and everybody only bought one box, 
then Procter and Gamble would go right out of business. No, they have That's to keep you buying Kleenex every day, every month. You have to keep buying Kleenex to keep them in business, which means now they teach you that you need the Kleenex. You can't wipe your nose on your sleeve. You've got to buy Kleenex to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. So there's another one, and that is that we are at now also victimized by education. Mm-hmm. You don't get education, you're going to be dumb. Oh, you have to know that. Oh, you have to come to our school. Oh, we have to stay in school and pay us, or the government's going to pay us, until you get a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. But that piece of paper is not enough. You need another piece of paper. Yeah. And another yeah. piece of paper, right? You keep needing more paper because you're always a victim of that educational system that you're in. Mm-hmm. So these four things I call the grab. Government, religion, education, and business. <laughs> we are all victimized by those things. And it's yeah. intentional. Propaganda and all of that stuff is to keep people um, just satisfied. Yeah. People who are satisfied don't vote. Yeah. Why should I vote? I don't care who wins. I mean, the Democrats or the Republicans, are, you know, one's this and one's that. But look at the celebrations that are happening and the, and the, the feelings of defeat. Everybody is feeling really good or bad. Yeah. But even some of the Democrats are feeling bad. And some of yeah. the Republicans are feeling good, but it's a mixed bag. Yeah. They, the Republicans can't get anybody to vote unless <laughs> they're afraid. And so yep. they have to demonize the Democrats to get people to vote. They yeah. have to bring up territory. Oh, those are black people. Those mm-hmm. black people are coming after your job. You have to hate them and vote against them. And the Democrats like blacks. Okay, so here's that yeah. whole show that's going on and we live in that pond that society yeah. is where we live and it is designed to keep you uncomfortable afraid and dissatisfied that's the yeah. job of the culture because if you're not dissatisfied if you're completely satisfied you're not going to produce much you're just going to hang out and enjoy your life yeah and they want you to work mm-hmm I used to care a lot about politics. I'd read up on it, and then I'm like, well, I wake up tomorrow, I feel the same. Maybe I could feel better. That's not going to change who wins, who loses. How much social theory I read doesn't change nothing. I was like, in fact, it just— Even after election, all of the people who were involved in politics, well, what do we do next? Now we got to go do this, that, and the other thing. Now that we've lost, we got to go do this, or now that we've won, we got to go do this. And so, in in fact, the winning or the losing of the election— doesn't change the feelings of fear and anxiety, depression, dissatisfaction, discomfort. Mm-hmm. They stay the same. We have to actually yeah. practice rewiring our own mind. Mm-hmm. Change some neurons in there. Yeah. Start seeing when that anxiety comes up that, oh, I can deal with that. Yeah. Take a deep breath. I don't need a Xanax. I could just sit here and just take a deep breath and open the lungs, open the chest, and, and let all of that uh, energy that's built into the adrenaline kind of dissipate. Yeah. So that we yeah, go back to a state of rest, back to a state of peace. <laughs> this is the practice of Anapanasati, and we had to practice it over and over and over and over and over again. It's all about repetition. Mm-hmm. So you have your whole life, as they say, as a story, you have spent your whole life repeating, repeating over and over and over again thoughts that made you feel bad. Yeah. Now it's time for you to repeat over and over and over again thoughts that make you feel good. Wholesome yep. thoughts. Positive, positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give yourself some positive feedback. Exactly. That we're going to actually create a positive feedback loop because we've been operating in a negative feedback loop because of all the negative thoughts that we've had, all the dangers, all the discomforts, all the lies we've been told. And so we spend our time thinking about all the stuff that we've been thinking about for years. So now we have to take the effort to change the way that we think. Mm -hmm. And also 
we're actually not going to just change the thought themselves, but we're going to change the state of the mind. The state of the mind is, in fact, what we want to look at. And so we have to also not just look at the thoughts that we're having, but investigate, well, what state of mind am I in? Is the mind drowsy or is it sharp? Is yeah. it scattered or is it together and unified? Mm-hmm. Is it down or is it up? Is it gladdened or is it depressed? Okay, the state yeah. of mind. And what we're going to intentionally do is to gladden the mind or brighten the mind. Mm-hmm. But having wholesome thoughts, we can gladden and brighten the mind. Yeah. And it it is pretty easy because my old habit was I would track my moods during the day and I'd see, oh, it's so low. And I'd be like, wow, it's so low. But never did it occur to me, oh, I could just try to make it better. <laughs> and then, boom, oh, I'm good for most of the time now is the best yeah. thing ever. Mm-hmm. So this is the way that we practice these four things. Wake up, strong waking up investigation take a good close look number three take the effort to make a change Mm -hmm. to change what that thought is and if that old thought comes back again instead of oh poor me and becoming a victim by the second or the third i mean you can remove a thought and remove a thought and remove a thought and then it comes back again and your ordinary uneducated beginner meditator will have, oh, poor me, oh, this is a monkey mind, oh, I can't control it. But they did. For five or six or seven times, they were able to control it. But the next time, they let the old stuff come back. But you can catch that, too. It says, aha, I saw that. I saw me being a victim to my own mind. Yeah. It's It's a fun game instead of a chore. It is. You're... you. You have been blessed with the most marvelous toy in existence, the human yeah. body with a human mind. Mm-hmm. Make it a toy to play with. It's a marvelous toy to play with. Yeah. But our society doesn't want you to play with it. They want you to, they want to put you to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> they want you to produce. They want you to learn. The, uh, the education wants you to learn. The business wants you to buy. The religion wants you to pay, <laughs> and the government wants you to vote. Yep. <laughs> and so they all are lying to you, giving you all kinds of propaganda to keep you dissatisfied, to keep them in business. Mm-hmm. And our job is to be happy, and if they go out of business, that's their business. <laughs> yeah. Not my problem. <laughs> no. Don't need them. Yeah. So when we keep doing these things over and over again with right effort, over and over and over again, we begin to develop the attitude of, I could do this. And mm-hmm. eventually we get the attitude, hey, it doesn't matter how messed up my mind gets, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are, I can clean that out with a breath or two and come back to the reality of the moment and be here now and see the right things. Yeah. Let me state that again. No matter how the mind is obstructed, we can change it. That's an attitude. No matter how much it is, I can fix this. I can come out of it. Now, that statement, the Buddha says, is the first noble knowledge. The first noble knowledge is to come up to that level of Sankapa of, I can do this. Mm -hmm. This is, by the way, you've heard the lion's roar. I've heard you mention it. That's what we're teaching you is to become a lion. Yeah. Roar. To be powerful. Yeah. Okay. With that attitude of, I can do this. I can make myself happy right now. I know I can yeah. do it. I've done it so many times before I could do it. Yeah. And so I can. Buddha says that this is the number one first knowledge, the first noble knowledge that we get. This knowledge is noble. It is mm-hmm. super mundane, which means above the world. The world is yeah. trapping us on top of us. But this is super, super mundane. I yeah. can get out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a factor of the path 
this is part of the Eightfold Noble Path, is to have that confidence, this, uh, this sen, Sama Sankapa. And then the last item they have, which is kind of an important one, this knowledge is not held by ordinary people. Yeah. Ordinary people have the attitude of being a victim. Mm-hmm. They spend their whole life being a victim. I mean, look how victimized Donald Trump is. You'd think in his status that he would be on top of his world, and he's not. He's a victim. He's complaining and blaming this, that, and the other thing solidly. So is Donald Trump. So is Putin. So is uh, Vladimir Zelensky. And all of these politicians are dissatisfied, feeling like a victim, and they got to fix things. Yeah. But here Mm -hmm. you are figuring out that you don't have to have that kind of position. You can have the position of, hey, I know how to fix this problem by fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's the problem yeah. is, is between the years, it's not out there in the politics. Yeah, no problem, no problem. No worries, no problems, mate. Mm-hmm. So you keep practicing this way to come up with that attitude, that attitude of a winner, the attitude of yeah. a lion. Attitude of strength. The attitude, I can handle this. Yeah. That's the Sankapa. And if we have that, we add one new additional element to it. That is the element of wealth. I'm not talking about being rich with money or power. I'm talking about the wealth of joy. You've got so much joy that it just leaks out all over the place. You can't help but be joyful when you're around friends. Everybody who talks to me winds up having a moment or two of joy. Yeah. <laughs> because it fills out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's wealth. Yeah, so enough to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you can, but you know you can do it. You got it. You've done over and over and over again. You've got the confidence now. By the way, the word confidence, the Pali word is shraddha or sada. Shraddha, okay. Which is translated often as faith. This has got nothing to do with faith. This has to do with evidence, solid, strong evidence. Yeah, and because I've practiced before, I know. So it's just to remember and keep remembering and keep replacing and get the, 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 the feedback loop of good feelings going and going and going when I can and when I remember. All right. Well, I think that we've gotten somewhere to do today. Thank I you. I recommend practicing the way that you're practicing now and mm-hmm. call me in a, 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 a few days or a week, something like that, and we'll continue on with it. Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate your help. All right. Okay. Well, go talk to Parker. He's a really good guy for you to become friends with. Yeah, and he's he he's right there. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send him an email. We'll I'll get in contact because he seems like excellent. a good dude. All yeah. right. He he would make an excellent friend for you. Okay, thank you, Dom Morado. Um, okay. Go ahead. I I I was just wondering because um, I know you record the videos, then um, they get uploaded to YouTube. If this one could be uploaded like anonymous as a okay. If it if if you decide to or not. Um, yeah, but thank you. I appreciate your help. And we have now, because of circumstances that we've kind of figured out, we put out one video every day. Yeah. But I talk to more than one person today. Okay. So not yeah. all the videos get loaded. All right. A worst thing is, is that they're really backed up about a month in advance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank All you right, so, so much. So yeah, we can we can list this one as anonymous. No problem. We don't have to use your name. Your name. Uh-huh. Nobody looks at the names anyway. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess some a little duka. I guess. Yeah, I know, and that's a good way to look at it. That's I yeah. talk to students. In fact, that's part of the reason why we should have the videos on YouTube. Is that gives people a chance to say, "Oh yeah, I don't mind at all," or. <gasps> You're going to put my video on YouTube? <laughs> you know what? Keep the name then. <laughs> I, uh, I'll let it go. Let it go. I don't have to worry. <laughs> I don't have to worry. Yeah. Okay. 
So one last point. I'd like to introduce you to my friend Robert. He's been sitting right here. Uh, howdy. Yeah, he's he's leaving today to go over to Deepapawan to do a retreat starting today. Wonderful. So anyway, we'll see you later. Okay, see you. Have a okay, good one. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.